Welcome back to another episode of the Deer Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Durr, and today is part two of breaking down the scientific arrow process with Tony Warden and Dorge. This episode, the data has been released. So if you go to wardensoutdoor.com, you can follow along with the graphs that we are breaking down. We're talking about what Tony has found testing different arrow shafts from different manufacturers. Uh, for weight variance, speed deprivation, and much more. It's a really good conversation, and a lot of it backs up what we have been talking about on this podcast with Dorge for a really long time. If you don't want to hear it from Dorge or you don't want to hear it from me, here it is from Tony Warden breaking down the scientific arrow process. What is going to be the best way to build an arrow? What are the best components you can use? What are the best shafts you can use? So here it is, part two. Hope you guys enjoy it. Before we get into that episode, guys, huge cold front coming in throughout the Midwest. Hope you guys are capitalizing on that. Make sure you're going to the Exodus YouTube channel and consuming all the great content that we have around hunting the month of October, hunting cold fronts. And there's some really great one-off videos from Steve Shirk breaking down his annual data from the last two years. It's really good information. So if you're trying to key in on some dates throughout October, maybe you're setting up a vacation or maybe you're just trying to plan out some hunts, go check those videos out. You won't want to miss them. With that being said, let's get into this podcast with Tony Warden. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Deer Gear Podcast. Uh, previously, you heard George and I were joined by Mr. Tony Warden, and uh, you you saw the accolades. You heard the testing that was going to be done, and now the website is published. The data is published, and we're going to get into some hard facts. We're going to talk about uh, what Tony was able to find, and I'm pretty excited for this. I remember last time. Uh, the, the conversation left me wanting more. I was like, okay, this is a super awesome test. Tony, thank you for putting so much time into it, but let's talk about some results now. I'm, I'm more of a, uh, a show me, don't tell me type of guy. And that's what I base the, the podcast off of. So I'm excited to, to learn about how the testing went down and what you found. How are you doing today, Tony? I'm doing very well, Cameron. Um, this is, kind of been a frustrating labor of love. Uh, this is, remember, this is just part one uh, of three parts. And uh, just a little teaser, part two is about 75% done already. Ooh. That's where I'm mixing and matching different uh, arrows or shafts with components and um, you know, that sort of stuff. So I just got a couple of more uh, companies to run through. Hopefully I'll have uh, at least one new company will be participating in this in phase two. Um, so that's a little carrot for you. Probably by the end of October, it'll all be ready to go. Oh, wow. That's pretty quick. Um, did this test, did, this, did phase two take longer or shorter than the first test? Shorter, actually. Yeah. I'm sure after you had the infrastructure and everything laid out, you already had the arrows. And, um, exactly. And what took a long time was actually building the arrows and yeah. then, you know, putting them on a spreadsheet uh, for each of Well, not just, it's not an individual arrow that I've shot. All of these are groups of three arrows. Okay. okay. So when you look at any of my charts, you may think it's just, you know, one, say, sport weave uh, concept 1.0 with Aerovane 2, okay? But it's actually, I built three of them, shot and recorded all three shots, and took the averages from them. So that kind of, I tried to eliminate some of the outliers or flyers, as you would call it, uh, that you just go, what the heck? <laughs> but there still are some on here when, when you take a look at it, you're going to be, there's a couple of things that kind of surprised me a bit in here. So fire away. Well, let's, uh, George first, how are you doing today? Yes, sir. I'm doing quite well. Can you hear me? Yeah, we're good. We're, we're rocking. Okay, good, good, good. Beautiful. 
yeah, because I all of a sudden, you know, I could, I could really quiet on my end. Well, anything, the first thing I want to make sure everybody know is called Warden, W-A-R-D-E-N-S, outdoors.com. Uh, Tony was very kind to use one of his old website he have and put everything there. So if people want to see it, it is W-A-R-D-E-N-S, O-U-T-D-O-R-S.com. All the data are there. It's quite, actually quite, I mean, being a guy with science, I, I love charts. <laughs> and I, I love how to, I mean, I, I develop how to read them. I know most people, unlike me, would not be able to look at, say, two, three million lines of spreadsheets and find out what's wrong. But I'm good with that. <laughs> I'm really, really good with that. <laughs> well, first of all, I, uh, I'm really, really impressed on a lot of things. And then pretty much what Tony did is confirmed everything I said, but I just didn't expect some cases, the numbers are that dramatic. I know they are different but I didn't expect that kind of dramatic and uh, pretty much confirmed everything I said on the, every single graph. So I'm interested that, I mean, Tony going to go into it. And, and then when times they come by, I would jump in and try to use what I believe is correct and then try to explain why the chart show like that. I think that would be the best place for me to jump in. What do you think? Cameron? Yeah. Yeah. I think that works. Um, Tony, it's probably going to be easiest for you to take it from where you want to start with it. It's your data. It's your testing. Uh, I don't want to jump around a little bit. I, I'd rather just go um, in sequential order and we can talk about the data as it makes sense to talk about it. And you, it's your data. So George, go ahead. I think the best thing to do for the customer who finally started listening to this podcast they should jump to Tony's uh, wardenoutdoors.com and actually print those graphs out and wait, listen to this podcast because a lot of time when we talk, things won't make any sense unless they got a graph in front of them, sure. which is unfortunate at this moment. But the fortunate is it's going to be published a little bit later. And then when you have time, you need to sort of like go to Warden's Outdoors and print those graphs in your hand. And when you listen to this. So for the, I know a lot of customers tell me they, they sort of like to listen to the podcast when they are driving or listening on big big rigs, which yep. is what they mostly do. I think they can listen to it, but later they need to go to the website and look at those charts because the beautiful things about charts are they, they give you a, a, a overall, like a 10,000 meter view of what this data is look like. Sure. Just like you can't stand on the ground and say, oh, look at look at the coastline where you're in the middle of, <laughs> of Illinois. You need to be up 10,000 feet or 20,000 or sitting on a boat and look down. Then you see, ooh, look at those coastlines. That's pretty much how I see it. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, that's a great point. So if you are listening to this um, and you are thinking that you really want to study this data as well, it is best case to go to the website um, and take a look at the graphs or print them out or however you need to do it. Again, it's Wardens, W-A-R-D-E-N-S, outdoor, no S, wardensoutdoor.com. And uh, all this data is is laid out there. So, um, Tony, take it away. Okay. Um, basically, what I did when I put the website up is I did everything in order, uh, like in, in its proper order. So, easiest thing for us to do is just click on you know, let's start with arrow speed loss graph one. Uh, everybody can, you know, kind of read the introduction and what equipment I've used. That's, you know, that's just standard. But um, if we go starting on, you know, would be what, one, two, three, page four, uh, arrow speed loss graph one. Um, this is the speed loss at distances by the manufacturers, okay? Now, before we get into any of the numbers, you can see in red up at uh, the top of the graph, interpolate 70 to 100 yards. That's a fancy way of saying I used a calculation, a computer-generated calculation uh, to project what the speed loss would be from 70 to 100 yards which basically what that does is it um, takes the necessity of me having to shoot uh, another thousand arrows basically <laughs> to, to get the distances from 70 to 100 yards. Um, it's a 
reasonably accurate graph. I mean, you know, we may be out a tenth of a percent from actual uh, results, but, uh, you know, for people like the ones out in Western North America who shoot pronghorns at a hundred yards or 150 yards with their speed demon crossbows. Uh, this will give you a little bit of an idea of what you can look at. Um, so like George said, um, it's kind of what we expected. Um, the outlier is there, there's two of them on the good side, the plus side, is the fire knock built arrows okay that's your sport weave your arrow weave uh using i i coined the term uh scientific arrow process okay which um you know it, that's explained in the introduction um it's a modern way of building arrows Okay, uh, and you'll see in some of the other graphs, there is a huge difference between the way people made arrows for the last hundred years and this new way of doing it. Um, and that, that's kind of something, to be honest, that surprised me. Um, when you look at the archery industry or pretty much any industry, there's been such huge technological advantages uh, or advances over the years but not really so much in how you put an arrow together. You know, you just, I started building arrows in around, I don't know, 1968 to 1970. And most shops, I'd say 95% of the shops still build them the exact same way today. And that's not necessarily because it's the best way of doing it. Uh, the scientific uh, arrow process that actually Dorge um, came up with, uh, along with the jig and everything, is just, it's, there's a huge difference. And it's the, it's the evolution or the next step uh, in making and building an arrow. So that's why, going back to the first graph, that's why you see Firenock having the absolute least amount of speed loss compared to all the other companies. The other outlier on the back end is your Raven broadheads. They start out really, you know, like better than all the others. But as soon as you you come out to around 50 yards or so, it just drops off almost right off of the chart. Uh, your other companies, they, they're just kind of middle of the road, um, standard built arrows. Uh, so the only one that's really kind of cool is your gold tip, which is the green one. It's just a basically a perfectly straight line from zero down to, you know, negative, what's that, 1775 roughly. Yep. Um, so otherwise they all follow a very, very similar curve. Yeah, that that this graph is really interesting to me, and it's it's something that uh, explains why what George talks about all the time with sight tapes is true uh, with his with his arrow builds because you can see the average which um, starts out at zero, obviously, and then let's just use let's just use sixty yards for example. I don't not many shots are happening past sixty yards, and at sixty yards the average has lost about 10%, a little right. less, a little less than 10%. At 60 yards, the fire knock is at 9%, which is, a, I mean, it's 1%, but 1% of um, the speed that you have at that range could be a substantial number. And then after that, it's just like the, the average speed deprivation is so much greater than the fire knock which is, which is why what Dorge says, you can't use a sight tape for most of the arrow builds past 40, 50, 60 yards. That's why exactly. that is. And the other thing uh, I know, I'm kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm kind of jumping ahead a bit, but when you look at the kinetic energy, that's the hitting power of an arrow. Sure. That's where that 1% is going to make a big difference. Yep. Okay. And how hard an arrow hits a target at each distance. So, um, 
do you have any questions on this uh, chart? Either you or Dorge. I know Dorge says they're pretty much exactly what he expected, but um, if you have any questions for me on this, feel free or we're gonna flip over to uh, the second graph. Well, I just want to point out a lot of people see that's the reason I tell everybody when it doesn't matter what arrow you use. If you're only shooting around your first 20, 30 yards, it doesn't matter what you actually use. Mm -hmm. And you know, just like it's especially like if you're really into a design of an arrow, if you want an arrow to have absolute maximum speed, you want the absolute simplest form of arrow you can possibly make that will give you what you need. I mean, it's just like one of my customers will come to me and the only thing he care about is how close is sight tape or, or inside his scope number right. is to what the scope number need to be. I say, if that is what you want, you can't use any of my stuff and you want the absolute lightest area and get away with. Exactly. But then the speed and everything will match all the way out. But unfortunately, the tail, you don't. So he said, yeah, I can shoot a hundred yards. But at that moment, his so-called 480 feet per second, which is supposed to be 160 pound KE, was dropped down to the power of a compound bow. If you're not a lightweight compound bow. <laughs> correct. And, and everything you ask, say, oh, I have all the power I have, I need. At 100 yards, they not exactly not 100 yards. <laughs> For the 20, 30 yards, absolutely. You are absolutely correct. But then that make a lot of people very uncomfortable. Because see, everybody in out there, like a lot of my more educated customer, the first thing I always tell you, I ask you is that you want your arrow best perform at what yardage? That's the first thing I always ask. Because if you have do not have that defined, and like 90% of the customer who are only chasing the initial number, your launch speed then you're better off buying the cheapest arrow you can get with the strictest arrow property. Then you are absolutely correct in that. But at longer distance, everything you, you ask for is exactly the opposite. I think a lot of the, like these graphs and, and this whole website really, I don't want to be rude, but they're not for the archer that goes out shoots a deer at 15 to 20 yards, you know, maybe practices 20 minutes to make sure his 20 yard pin is on. Um, that's really not, you know, who the this website is for. I mean, like for myself, um, my average distance for, you know, taking down game with a compound bow is 48 yards. And with a crossbow, it's actually 70 yards. And, you know, well, I'm a former professional archer, okay? And it's just like my, my groups to me, if I can't be within a, like a two inch group at 60, 70, 80 yards, that's like the maximum for me. But then there's other people like my father, who's passed away by the way, but you know, he, he was happy with a six inch uh, group. Cause he says, eh, close enough to kill a deer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it, it just, it, it's all relative to not only how good of an archer you are, but how comfortable you are shooting at those distances. I mean, like Dorge um, was talking about, one uh, area that he's going to be hunting in his average shot out there's like 60 to 70 yards you know those kind of areas most people don't go but here we go we've got the uh, the data for those people you know those type of uh experienced archers that can do this yeah i think that's a good point um i mean the typical average whitetail hunter, this stuff is, uh, it is a little bit above uh, what most people will consider interesting, but I, I am fascinated by it. And I know a lot of other guys are fascinated by it. And obviously you are too. That's why you went through all the testing to do this. Exactly. The, the other thing is too, I've always said to, uh, to, to 
people. Okay, you normally, your bait is out at 15 yards, yep. okay? Um, what happens if a buck of a lifetime comes out at 50 or 60 yards? You know, you need the equipment and the skill to either be able to shoot that or you're going to have to let that um, deer walk away, your record deer. Or on the other hand, too, if you have a deer that's 15 yards away, however, you only have an opening of about four inches in between the brush. When it steps there, you've got a perfect double lung shot. You want to have the equipment to be able to thread the needle and hit that. And I've actually done that before. Uh, you know, I've had other archers come up when, when I show them where I shot and, you know, where I put the shot and after we got the deer and everything. And they're like, you know, how the heck did you get an arrow through that? It was a two inch area, but that comes with a practice and B great products, great equipment that always get the best equipment you can and practice as far out as you can possibly hit accurately so that it gives you the confidence even if you're only shooting 15 or 20 yards always extend your range a bit if you can agreed i couldn't i couldn't um add to that anymore there was a i don't know i think it was three years ago i was like really getting into archery and i would start my practice at 60 yards i wouldn't warm up at 20 30 40 or 50 i would start shooting at 60 yards and then when I got back to the hunting distances at 20 and 30 yards, it was like the target looked like a watermelon. It was huge. You know, <laughs> I, I, I felt like, I felt like I was so much more confident in that, but um, let's move on to okay. the next graph here. The next graph is the arrow speed loss by fletching. Type. Okay. Um, <clears throat> this again, it's kind of an obvious one. Um, the fire uh, arrow vein twos, they have the least uh, speed percentage decrease. But the thing that surprises me, look at that blue line. Yeah. That's Boning's brand new this year heat veins. That's their target vein. And when I talk to the people at Boning about doing this and like i've got permission from all of these companies to use their products um they specifically said please don't just do our x veins use our heat veins too <laughs> we want to show how they perform and i think they're kind of regretting that because they're the worst performing veins out of all of them not even by a little bit, like by no, far. No, we're, we're talking, um, you know, 19, 22 years, you know, three, 4% difference in, in your uh, speed loss with those veins. Um, it kind of makes sense too, when you look at the arrow vein three, um, once you get out quite a ways, don't forget, those arrows are spinning a lot okay like i don't know what is it 15 times more than you no know, arrow elving three is at 350 feet per second is spinning 30 to 35 times more that's <laughs> reason <laughs> those numbers are mind-boggling but you can't argue with slow speed high speed camera and and film because i can't i can't fit those <laughs> but when you look at what most people would be doing is shooting 40 yards or under, they're very, very stable, you know, and even out at, you know, 100 yards, they're extremely stable, both the uh, Aerovane 3 and the Aerovane 2. Personally, I hunt with the Aerovane 2, um, but I do know a lot of people that shoot the Aerovane 3 in their uh, super fast um crossbows you know 350 400 foot per second crossbows you can't beat the aerovane uh, three on those um and then your others again they're just within a nice tight range uh, you know uh, 
it's almost down to personal preference at that point or who you can convince to uh, sponsor you and give you free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. And did you, I know you didn't test for it, but did you notice shooting any of the other veins, uh, a noise difference? Um, unfortunately I'm partially deaf. Oh, well, not the guy, not the guy to ask. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if I use my hearing aids, I can, uh, hear fairly well, but all I hear is the bow when it shoots. Sure. I don't hear the arrow whatsoever in flight. Uh, now just a little tidbit about hearing stuff in that the, the, uh, lab radar unit, um, which runs off of Doppler radar sound waves, um can't even pick up a shot out of my hunting bow huh. okay i've got the gearhead t24 but then <clears throat> true to form george put titanium on the whole thing all the <laughs> fasteners and everything's titanium and it is so quiet the only thing you hear is the click of the release when it goes off so the Doppler radar could not pick that up at all. <laughs> so I couldn't even use my own hunting bow to uh, to shoot this. Well, that might be that might be a good thing that you weren't able to use that bow um, because most of the people that may be interested in this data might not have the titanium kit, uh, which will increase efficiency and stuff. So uh, that that might be a good thing that you weren't able to use that bow. Exactly. This is what I used was basically stock what you would buy off the shelf. Yep. Okay. Um, you know, I didn't do any tweaks. I didn't restring them or uh, make new cables my way or anything like that. They were all just stock. You know, I used a uh, stock uh, biscuit type, whisker biscuit type arrow rest on it because it's so popular in that, which... Yeah. I should explain, I believe, slows your arrow down a little bit. Yeah. Because uh, it's got to go through all those uh, plastic uh, quills. Whiskers. Yeah. You know, um, honestly, I'm not a big fan of those. Um, but that's what I used. Everything was stock. Well, that's, yeah, that's good. Um, man, that, that chart is, it's not surprising to me at all. I mean, the bony heat vein is like... That's the surprise right there. It's a big outlier. You know, everything else is, is fairly similar. Um, when you look at the, let's look at that 60 yard mark again, um, just use the blazer vein. Cause that's a super popular vein um, mm -hmm. at 60 yards here. We have an average speed loss at like 10 and a quarter uh, right. compa compared to the Aerovane two. It's about eight and a quarter. So uh, if you're shooting the Exodus MMT arrows fletched with Aerovane 2, you're going to be really, really happy to see this chart. And I, I know George is, and I know I am too. Well, you know, you can't argue with science. I mean, the fact is that the moment you use aerodynamics, I mean, to be frank with you, that's the reason a lot of people do not, did not for, have forgotten. When you start shooting about 240 sec feet per second and below, everything works. Yeah, that's the reason. If you like, some other people say they put the big greatest bow, and they say it's so easy to shoot when you only want to shoot two to two hundred to two hundred forty feet a second. Everything is easy to shoot. It's yeah. not just your new bow. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just want to rub it in a little bit. <laughs> All right, you want to go on to graph three? Yes, sir. All right, this is by building style, arrow speed loss by building style. Uh, and when I say that, I broke it down to four things. The standard, we've been doing this for 100, 150 years type of way. Uh, Dorge's concept 1.0 and 2.0, and then the scientific arrow process, the, what I consider the new uh, modern way to build an arrow. Um, and you can see like concept one and two 
they run just about perfectly parallel uh, with each other. Now, one little thing about that, don't forget the concept 1.0 and 2.0, they are made with the scientific arrow process. Okay, um, it's, a, it's a full process that you have to go through. But if you take and just use regular arrows, okay, that haven't been put into the concept systems, just look at the blue line and the black line. And you can see even at 40 yards, there's a lot of difference in between the, uh, the two ways of making your, uh, making your arrows. Um, I, I put in this website, if anybody wants to learn how to do the scientific uh, arrow process, they can drop me a line. I'm sure they can drop you or Dorge a line. I know um, from what Dorge has been saying, you don't actually have to be a dealer to be able to use this process and use his equipment. So to me, if you're building arrows for clients, you've, you've got to work with this system. It's, it's a, lot, a lot more accurate uh, way of building an arrow. Yeah, I'll save I'll save all the listeners a bunch of money too. If you want arrows built by the scientific arrow process, go to exodusoutdoorgear.com and or, and order them right there. I did not know you were going to do that. I <laughs> into that, but I didn't know that. <laughs> well, but, but let's put it this way. That when I the people need to look at finite history, okay? We did not come out to build arrows. We built components for every single person. But when Exodus asked me to go help, it, it made my life so much easier because all my inserts and stuff like that, like just like for sure example, I, I, I don't know whether the customer remembered or listen to remember when I built a 204 insert, my stock 204 insert had to fit between a 202 and all the way to a 2065. But the one I built for Exodus only had to fit 2046 exactly. You know how much easier that is? <laughs> <laughs> precise we love doing this sort of stuff george don't 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 let any of the listeners uh get fooled you love being able to create these things that's that, yeah. that's your passion that's true i love to create exactly what everybody needs but when you have so much variation for everybody it's not easy trust me just like which cust which dealer would not like to stock one item and one item only and sell everything? And which is also, I mean, if you are into like in the red vertical bow, like the old PSC bows, why do you think PSC love to use marks in some except cam? Because marks are much so easy to work with. But if you want absolute precision or everything out, you have to make drawing specific cams. Yes, everything is more precise if you only want to get to do one thing. Exactly, but there's all sorts of different archers, and everybody has their own favorites, their own uh, what they want and what they need to use. So uh, you got to provide it. How many products do you make now? Just under eight hundred. Eight hundred. Wow. <laughs> and that's basically just uh, put together arrows and bowstrings and you know that sort of stuff it's it's pretty amazing anyhow uh arrow weight graph number one when you look at this uh it, it this is very very self-explanatory when you look at five out of the six of these manufacturers um, there, there's not a substantial difference in the, the weight. Uh, the sixth one, it, it's, I, I would, I don't want to insult the people at Element, but to me, they're not a uh, top quality company, okay? Um, they're, they're more like go to Walmart and grab a set. Uh, if I have insulted element, I apologize. Uh, but that's just my own personal uh, opinion. Um, 
you know, but when you when you look at take that the element, uh, which is about 1.9% difference in the weight of your arrow on a 400 grain arrow, that's 7.6 grains. If you're shooting out past 20 yards, 7.6 grains is a heck of a lot of variance. You are not going to get good groups with that. Um, you know, I, I just, yeah. Hi, George. Go ahead. Well, I, I, I want to point out, okay, weight difference for a dozen arrow is really a very simple process. Let me just be blunt. When we, in, in Vianac, when we make, 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 say, a 246 arrows, from the beginning of the lot to the end of the lot, we should expect about 12 grain difference per entire lot, which is more than acceptable. Now the question is, what do you do with it? Right. Like, you've seen, I, actually, I learned this from GoTip. He said, when I was Marvin Carlson, he told me, oh, that's easy. No, most customers is not going to need more than 12. So every one of the GoTip arrow in the old days got a tiny stickers on it. The sticker will tell you what's the weight of that dozen arrow. So when you buy multiple GoTip arrow, you make sure that every one of the sticker is the same. So the entire arrow is the same. Sure. But now the question is that how much company want to put in the effort of making it the same? Like right now in Fina, our arrows are pre-sorted from the factory within not plus and minus one, it's one grain. That means it's plus, it's plus 0.5 minus 0.5 is what you end up with one. Because plus and minus one grain is two grains. <laughs> right, right. A lot of people forgot about that. So the question is that, are they willing to put the time to sort it? Or are they just going to grab 12 arrow, put it in a bundle and send it? No, one, or, one thing, mm -hmm. George. You said per lot. Let the listeners know how many arrows are in a lot. We're not talking two or three dozen arrows. No, <laughs> a lot for us is at least 2,000 arrows. So okay. that, you know, inside a lot, for example, like I'm dealing with, uh, say, two, if I build arrow with a target weight of 210, I should expect a, a less as 202 all the way to 218. That's what the lot is. Okay. Then I sort all the lots in one green increment and then bundle them with a sticker on it and say, this bundle, this bundle of arrow you got is 200 and say 11 grain. So each arrow is plus and minus half grain. That's what the bundle is. But then if you buy multiple bundles, the first thing you need to recognize is that the, what you bought last year and what you bought this year, unless you specify the specific way the bundle is going to be off. It's always going to be. It's not just me. It's everybody. So when people tell you this is 8.1 grain per inch, that's an average of the bundled lot that they are starting to produce. I think people forgot that one thing. When you make arrow, there's so many variations. Just temperature and moisture alone can change it. So what you buy this year on a brand of specific arrow, next year you buy them, they are not the same. They can't be. Now you can, if you're uh, building your own arrows, customizing them, you can take a little bit off of one arrow, you know, to, to get them closer. Uh, oh, absolutely. I did not do that for this testing. Normally when I build arrows for myself or, uh, you know, I, I will, if I'm out one grain, I'm unhappy, okay? Uh, but for these, I cut them all the exact same length. Every one of these arrows and every one of mm -hmm. the bolts, they're the exact same length, okay? Mm -hmm. That's the only way that I was able to come up with a chart like this uh, that says, you know, you're within 0.2 of 1% uh, in the weight. You know, otherwise everybody be zero if I, you know, took the time. No, no, I, I, I fully agree with that. And what you're trying to show people is that based on the how how far a company willing to go when they pre-sort the equipment. Exactly. I mean, it's like me. I mean, when I do my fuel points, they are all plus and minus 0.5 grain. So it's plus and minus one grain. But just like the the mim the, the dagger broadhead we have when me and Emery was Cameron was doing the the podcast told them those are high pressure die cast. When they come up with, if I peel a thousand of the 125, I would lucky get 200 to 250 of the 125. 
all of them are below and over. That's exactly what's going on here. Exactly. It's the sorting process because you can't, you cannot possibly overcome it unless you go to a very unified component-based system, like very much like the what I call it, like a mean dagger. Well, there everyone is going to be the same because the process is 100% identical. I mean, if you want to control 185 degrees, 1850 degrees Fahrenheit, otherwise it won't melt. So you know the temperature is about as consistent as it gets. Your pressure has to be. So if everything is even, well, guess what? The result is even. How about you, uh, uh, Cam? Any any questions on this graph? I know George and I kind of just took over on this. <laughs> no, I mean it's pretty self-explanatory. I oh. uh, I think we can move on to the kinetic energy graphs. Sounds good. Now we're getting into how hard these things hit. Okay. Um, the first one is just by manufacturer. They're all just clumped in together. All your, you know, fire knock concept ones, fire knock concept twos, all the black eagles. It doesn't matter whether they're uh, the PS23s down to their 166. Uh, I think it's their uh, deep impact LTs or X impact LTs. They're all just grouped together. Uh, and when you look at it, really, it, it kind of makes sense that they're going to be fairly similar since they're all the same weight, you know. Uh, you've got some decent hitting power. Um, you know, there is kind of a, a strange one in gold tip where it starts out the same as everybody else. Then, you know, it takes a dive. Uh, you lose some percentage when you're at the 30 to 60 yards, which is kind of a critical area for a lot of archers. Yep. Some, you, you lose some uh, kinetic energy, some hitting power, uh, but then it catches up. And actually at the end, you know, uh, the numbers suggest that they're the best arrow to shoot at, you know, 100 yards. And if you want to go for accuracy and consistency, um, you know, you're, you're looking at your, your concept ones, uh, you know, Black Eagle, they're a little bit lower than the average, you know, but then you've, you've got, uh, you know, your Carbon Tech, your Eastons, they're all, you know, basically they're all hitting relatively the same. Yeah, the only thing there's there's only a couple outliers. I mean, you have like you mentioned the gold tip, um, arrow or fire knock concept 1.0 kind of starts out of the gate a little bit higher than everyone else um, until you get to that 30 yard mark, and then it's kind of back in line with everyone. Um, and then element um, elements kind of average, 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 and then boom just takes a dipsy dive once you hit the uh 45 yard mark yeah yeah um again that could be because of the weight variance differences you know you if you've got you know something that's two percent weight difference you can see you know at 60 yards that makes uh, you know three four percent kinetic energy drop. Yep, that, that's your hitting power. Uh, just here, here's a reference um, for a grizzly bear to hunt grizzly bears. You, they, the common thing is you need sixty five foot pounds of kinetic energy. Okay. Um, and that's basically, you know, you want that coming right out your bow. Uh, when you use your concept one and concept 2.0, you're usually, if you're shooting 70 pounds, you're usually out uh, at 65 yards. You're still at about 65 foot pounds of kinetic energy, mm. you know, so that's that's something that you have to look at. What are you hunting? 
And you, you always want, again, to have the hardest hitting. Because, you know, I, I took uh, uh, several years ago, I took a deer with a um, tomahawk broadhead, uh, which 150 grains. 175. 175 grains. Uh, mm -hmm. And I was shooting a scorpid um, crossbow. And when I shot this deer, double lung shot, the deer staggered sideways about three yards because it hit it so hard. <laughs> you know, and you want some power behind you. You know, it doesn't have to be that crazy. Okay. I like to, as you can tell, I like to experiment with stuff. Um, but, <laughs> you know, the hitting, hitting something and making it stagger sideways is, is, a, is a pretty cool thing. I would like to see that. <laughs> Unfortunately, that was before I had, uh, I was doing any type of video in that. Uh, but again, I shot my uh, record book, Black Bear, uh, in Northern Ontario a couple of years ago, and it went 10 feet. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, and that's out of a compound bow. That wasn't out of a crossbow. That was out of a 70-pound, well, my T-24. Uh, of course, I was using the dagger arrows and a Concept 1.0. Uh, to me, that is the absolute ultimate uh, compound bow setup. You know, I, I do have this, uh, some swing blades. They're great. I use those on a crossbow. But for my compound bow, I just love the way those daggers hit. You know, I've shot um, <laughs> almost every broadhead that's been put out there. And uh, yeah, these things are amazing. So speaking of crossbows, I'm, this is going to jump us into the next graph. I'm not a crossbow guy. I'll put that out there. I've never shot one. Um, I don't pay much attention to them. But this kinetic energy graph with the crossbow bolts is just silly. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, this is kinetic energy graph number two. Um, you know, that... If you, if you want to look at the, the fire knock concept 1.0, uh, that is exactly what George says. It's, it's doing exactly what he says in there. Um, another big seller is your Black Eagle executioners. They're the second best, okay? Uh, and then I don't know, honestly, who makes the Raven bolts and arrows but the way they perform, and you're, we're talking out of a R10. I mean, the performance isn't, isn't <laughs> what I thought it would be for those arrows, especially since they say that you're supposed to only shoot their arrows. If, if you're going to have a captive audience like that, um, you know, you've got, you've got to put out something a little bit better guys. You know, I'm sorry. Uh, I know a couple of guys at Raven and well, I know a couple of guys at virtually every manufacturing, uh, arrow manufacturer or archery manufacturers actually. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's tough to see the, you know, you got your, your element. Okay. They're, you know, they're your department store type bolts and arrows, but uh, yeah, that that is a crazy looking graph. Yeah, I mean, uh, after fifty yards, well, let's yeah, let's say fifty yards, the Firenock Concept One almost straightens out. <laughs> exactly, from basically from fifty to a hundred yards, you are only losing what's that. Uh, 3%. 50, yeah, about 3% kinetic energy, 3% hitting power. Comp compared to the, the Raven um, losing, let's say, 13% to 30%. Yeah, yeah. 3% to 30%. <laughs> that's, inc that's, that's just, it's just a silly graph. You look it, at it and you're like, there's no way. 
And, you know, they say you got to um, look at these graphs and realize, well, there's going to be shooter, you know, some slight differences when I'm shooting, uh, sure. which eh, may be possible, but I, when I'm shooting the compound bows, I'm pulling right to the stops, uh, you know, after 50 some years of shooting, I'm, I'm pretty consistent. But when you're looking at crossbow bolts, um, all I'm doing is squeezing the trigger, guys. So there's there's really no error, user error in these, shall we say? Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Um, we're we're getting close to the end here. I want to. We can skip over standard deviation number one because that's just the arrow weight standard deviation by company. Yeah. Um, and we we kind of talked about the everyone was kind of on the same par there mm -hmm. um and i mean there are sport weave arrow bolt and easton have a much better standard deviation than the conglomerate there but um i think the more interesting stuff happens on standard deviation number two and three exactly um that that one i took pretty much all the different arrows that i'm shooting and bolts and that one I plotted on, and again, standard deviation just says what, how close to perfect they are, I guess is what you would say. Um, I used an online calculator, the same one for all of these as well. Um, I, it's a fairly long mathematical uh, uh, formula that you have to use and just too lazy to do that. <laughs> <laughs> anymore. Um, but if you, yeah, if you look at things, um, you know, your arrow bolt with the concept 1.0 is literally has a zero standard deviation, you know, which, I, which, and like anything scientific, like you, you almost say can't happen. Exactly. Like if you have, if you have a zero, a standard deviation of zero, you automatically assume that the test is flawed because exactly. you're like, how is that even possible? These are the, well, maybe Dorge can explain it better than I can, but these are built with not the sport weave, but the arrow weave, which is the uh, premium arrow that Dorge does. Um, you know, I did not build those arrows. Dorge built them. Um, they were like, virtually zero weight differences the, the tolerances were basically perfect but i mean you can even look at you know there's there's others the gold uh, i think that's the gold tip that you know it's not even at 0.25 yeah. <laughs> of standard deviation so yeah it's uh Dorch, do you have anything to say about well, actually, we need to. We, we, a lot of people need to understand zero standard deviation. <laughs> well, actually, it's not that impossible. It's like when people load, I think, like long range shooters. When you put everything into consideration, and you use every single measure to do what you have, the measurable standard deviation. Just like when you load a seventeen hundred yard shot load, what's your if you're using the basic twenty. Your, 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 your 22 shot load compared to your 1700 yard load. You're using that measurement on the 1700 yard load, the standard deviation is indeed zero. You haven't digged deep, deep, deep enough yet because everything is taken in consideration. I mean, it's like ball bearings. You start with ABEX seven, what's the tolerance? If you use ABEX one as measurement, answer is there's no tolerance, it's perfect. That's exactly what it is. It's how deep you want to go into measurement. I mean, just like, I mean, one of the funniest thing I heard is when I was reading, I was listening to in the listening to the uh, the English Museum of Science when they was measuring, they they got an old English first a uh, first World War One tank. You know what the difference between that V ten cylinder on the cylinder head is? No, they have eight pound difference from the lightest to the heaviest cylinder head. You know what is the current Formula One cylinder head variation? Less than a quarter of a grain. Wow. <laughs> wow. 
I mean, you are talking a freaking tank with the lowest and heaviest piston. You mean that thing to go up and down? They are mm-hmm. eight pound difference. Can you believe that? What would you think when you're sitting there with fuel like? Every time they're still in the fire, the whole tank's gonna shake. <laughs> no, it's, that's exciting. It gives a, what kind of, what are you measuring? And what instrument are you measuring? I mean, are you going to use something like a grain weight when you measure cylinders? The guys in Formula One, yes, indeed, using grain, and they're going in quarter grains. But back then in World War One, if they get a cylinder out, they can fit inside it, it's using it. They, nobody's caring. <laughs> the thing that impresses me is like, I know uh, the process to build a concept one arrow. And for you to get zero when you have things like the amount of glue that you have to use in it, like the, the two-part epoxy. I mean, you, you're basically perfect in the amount of glue you're using. Like it, it's not even, you know, a drop of glue difference between them. Uh, so my hat is tipped to you, taken off to you, Dorge, for, uh, for building those. I mean, the concept 2.0s are mine and I'm at just uh, probably about 0.3 of a percent standard deviation. So uh, I've still got a little bit of learning to do. <laughs> Not much, but a little bit. <laughs> of course, well, I did we, we... the other two that are even closer, but. <laughs> well, just like everything, everybody have their standard and whatever they have their measurement. But you know, when you, when, when you like me, you went through true scientific process of spending time in Cygatron. This Dr. Tim uh, Ellison told me the Nobel Prize is always in the eighth and ninth digits when you're, when you're doing your research. Mm-hmm. So until you really dig into it, you're not going to find it. You have any questions or anything, Cameron? No, I think, uh, I think you guys covered it well. Um, let's move on to the, the third and final graph here. Yes, that this is kind of my, I hate to say, it, but this is my favorite graph, okay? What this is doing is it's showing the standard method of building an arrow, okay? Uh, the way it's been done for hundreds of years and the scientific arrow process. I mean, that's a huge difference. You're, you're talking 2.45 standard deviation for the standard way and what's uh, like 0.88 standard deviation using the scientific arrow process. That right. in alone should have every dealer on the planet <laughs> uh, calling or texting or emailing one of the three of us about how they can do this process. Uh, you know, you're doing a disservice to yourself and your your customers uh, by having not much of a variance. I know, yeah, it'll take, you know, maybe 10 or 15 minutes longer to do, you know, to build a dozen arrows that way. Um, but it's, it's well worth it. You'll have much happier, uh, clients and, uh, you know, that, that's the name of the game is, is to make your, your people happy, you know, and have them enjoy shooting their, their equipment. Yeah. I, I mean, this, that's exactly my thoughts too. Like if, if, if you're able to look at this graph shooting, um, an arrow that's built by the quote unquote standard method um, and you're like really happy with it, there's a better process and there's a better arrow. So uh, if you want to try that, I mean, you, like you said, there's three people here to get a hold of. Um, it's pretty, pretty damn impressive. It is. It is. It, that, yeah, well, it, we're taking technology and applying it to building arrows now, you right. know, um, just the simple difference of having glue trying to stick uh, plastic to carbon on a 45 degree angle compared to horizontal, 
you know, it, it's that in itself makes a huge difference. You know, you, uh, I remember building arrows the old fashioned way and having to put that drop of uh, glue on the uh, front of the arrow, uh, front of the vein or front of the feather to make it hold, you know? Yep. Uh, yeah, let's, let's, everybody, let's get into the, uh, the new century at least <laughs> with your building arrow techniques. Uh, one other thing, um, I did not fudge any numbers. I do, while I haven't published any of the Excel spreadsheets, I do have them. If somebody wants them, they can contact me. It's just, you know, to, to put a 30 or 40 line or 50 line Excel graph with, you know, 11 or 12 or 15 columns of numbers on them. I know Dorge would be in seventh heaven for him, but normal people, <laughs> we, we, you know, this is what normal people want to be able to see. But if you do need the math, uh, go on to, you know, on my homepage, contact us, be my guest. I'll, uh, I can get you the numbers. Um, once you've gone through the website, you know, drop me a line. Let me know how you, what you think of it, or if you've got, uh, if you're a manufacturer that wants some of their arrows tested, uh, let me know. Um, you know, I, I used to have a blog um, where I was testing, you know, hundreds of different products. Uh, you know, we can work something out. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Sure. Yeah, I like it. So uh, leaving off here, part one complete, part two in the works coming in October. Um, really excited to see that. Again, I think uh, that's going to be another interesting test. Phase three, I'm really inter interested in too uh, with, with different broadheads. Um, so Tony, and thanks. Knox. Not just broadheads, but knocks. True. Yep, yep. So, I mean, Sorry. I, I, I'm really looking forward to getting all that information, uh, man. I, I'm just like, I don't, did you get, I don't know if I can ask this on air or not. If, if this is an answer that needs to be cut, I'll cut it. But did you get anyone to help sponsor with this? Because you're putting an extreme amount of effort into this. No, I've done this all myself. I've paid, I paid for, or had these arrows and components in stock. I used to own two um, outdoor stores, one in Michigan and one in Ontario. And that's where all this came from, or I purchased it. I did ask permission um, from all the companies and their main thing was, go ahead, just make sure people know that you're not affiliated with us. You're not on our pro staff. Um, even like with Dorge, I'm not on his pro staff, uh, or shooting staff or anything like that. Um, but you know, it, it, uh, yeah, no, I did this in, independently. Um, maybe if there's some manufacturers that want to advertise, uh, on the website, that would be cool. Uh, I'd love it if the manufacturers that are involved in this would link, put a link from uh, their website to mine for people. Uh, that would be really nice. But no, I've, I've done this all myself. Well, I, I commend you for, for the effort that you've put into it. Uh, it's really intriguing stuff. It's really interesting. And hopefully it helps some people out. Hopefully uh, get some people interested in the scientific method. Um, do you have any any concluding thoughts here, George? Well, I want to point out, you said that when, when Tony called me this and he said, George, there's a lot of equipment that need to be done. I want to point out most of the equipment for measuring is mine. So, first of all, I can't fetch those equipment. <laughs> so, I think that will be about as much as I can contribute without deviating, without contaminating the result. I would say that's the best way I can do. Because the... 
George wasn't even around when I was shooting. Okay. Uh, he said, okay, I have a lab radar. What do you need to make it work? <laughs> and uh, well, that took a few months <laughs> because the, uh, the microphone, cordless microphone that I was using while I was videotaping, um, it was interfering with the frequency. But uh, yeah, Dorge was not around uh, when I was doing the testing. Uh, this is the first time he's seen any results. He doesn't have uh, copies of any of the graphs or any like the, uh, sorry, the Excel spreadsheets. Um, you know, I tried, as he said, we tried not to contaminate it. Um, I can't afford to buy a uh, lab radar myself. I mean, you know, I'm disability uh, retired. So my $1,000 a month will go very far to buy, uh, you know, uh, the lab radar and things like that. So uh, I do thank you, George, for loaning me the... Uh, the no, actually, I, I, you see, I got, I, got, I got lucky in my life because I got people like them when I was, I was never even contempt, uh, but contemplating to buying a high-speed camera. Rod White is the one who advised me to say, if you want to see stuff, that's the way. And then uh, I remember one of my one of my very good friends called me. Hey, Dodge, you know, you want to show how good your arrow is? Get a lab radar. But then I said, what do you have time to build, do all this? Then uh, when, when Tony was telling me he was going to do something like this, I said, great, <laughs> you do this. <laughs> well, I just want to, uh, the last thought is that I want to make sure people understand when, when when Tony was describing a scientific process, it's a set of procedures that I believe is what needed to put arrow together with the right, with the current set of equipment. The fact is that I build most of the equipment is not that it was absolutely necessary because I can't find anything that will work. So I designed and built and patented all of them. That's pretty much what the process is. All right, I think that's all the thought I have for the day. Tony, any concluding thoughts? Um, no, not really. Uh, like I said, I'm about 75% done part two. Uh, so hopefully like I, I'm going to be taking a couple of weeks off to, uh, do some deer hunting, uh, and then, uh, I'll get back to it. Um, but, uh, I'll let you and your listeners know when it's ready. Uh, part three will have to depend on the weather because, <laughs> If we're getting into winter weather uh, up here in Canada, uh, sometimes it gets pretty difficult to do some shooting. So uh, that might not be until the spring. Well, that sounds good to me. Again, thank you. Uh, good luck hunting, Dorish. Getting ready to yes, get sir. hunting. Good, good luck to you. And uh, yes, I'm Ohio already. I even got my tags. <laughs> <laughs> Ohio season opens up in two days. It opens up Saturday. Really? So. Oh. Yep. Oh, you guys open up early. We we open October first. Yep, we open up here Saturday, so we're gonna be we're gonna be hitting it hard here soon. All right, great. All right, guys, thank you.